On Wednesday, as Father Ryan mentioned, the celebration of Catholic Sisters Week begins. It is intentionally placed during Women's History Month and is intended to recognize sisters that have come before us and those that are in ministry now. In the description of the history and foundation of the week-long celebration, which began in 2014 following the investigation of women religious in the United States, it is noted, 52 weeks a year, women religious stand with the poor and immigrants, teach children, fight injustice, heal the sick, share spirituality, empower women, defend the planet, promote peace, create community, offer hope, and more. But for one week, March 8 to 14, we shine the spotlight on women religious. I'm one of just five sisters who have served as assistant chaplain here at STM. Sister of St. Joseph, Ramona Pena, the earliest and first female assistant chaplain, became famous for providing care for a student who killed his girlfriend. Sister of Notre Dame, Anne Ryan, who served in the 1980s, began the religious education program. Sister Kathleen Dorney of the Congregation of Notre Dame, who also served during the 1980s with Father Murphy, helped to keep STM going as they searched for a new chaplain. Sister Joanne Vayette, a sister of the Assumption of the BVM, who was the only assistant chaplain to have her portrait hung outside of Rake's study, served with Father Bob, the chaplain prior to Father Ryan's appointment. And she saw the growth of STM. In the first reading, we heard the command to Abram to go forth and make a great nation. God would support Abram, later named Abraham, in his ministry. So what does this call in sending forth of Abraham have to do with women religious? In the early years of my community, sisters would receive a ticket, usually in August. They would literally be sent forth with their trunk and an assignment to go to Rhode Island, Florida, Jamaica, Manhattan, or a number of other locations. Their call to make a great nation was really through the process of teaching or nursing. Now sisters have many different types of ministries in my community, and we participate in mutual discernment rather than just being given a ticket on where to go. The call to make a great nation is found in the lives of the many people that women religious companion in their ministry, and this work often goes unrecognized. I think of Sister Loya in my community. Her ministry is to wander through the South Bronx. She's usually under bridges, under tunnels, trying to find people who are without food at homes and bringing food to them in their places, helping them to secure housing. Her humble ministry has really helped thousands, but she probably won't make it into any history books. If she knew I was speaking about her today, she would probably yell at me and tell me that I should not put her up on a pedestal because she's embarrassed about being seen as part of God's faithfulness. Although she might recognize that she has really been blessed by God. I think of the many women religious who helped to set up the health care and education systems in this country. There are those women that during the Civil War cared for soldiers on both sides. And because of the standards of cleanliness that were expected in religious communities, they were excellent caretakers when it came to those who were wounded or were suffering infectious diseases. Women religious cared for immigrants who couldn't afford paid medical care. Their hospitals became the predecessor of what are now large Catholic health care systems. 
This is what it means to create a great nation. Individual care of those without a home and those without medical care turned into a history with major impact. In the early 1900s, it was expected for women religious to either become teachers or nurses. There were really not many other options. Prior to that time, they are trained through internships as part of their formation to become sisters. As these became more formal and professional ministries, women religious set up colleges to educate their sisters in different ways. These turned into colleges for women, providing Catholic higher education across the country. Albertus Magnus College, which is just up the street on Prospect Hill, just past the Divinity School, will celebrate their 100th anniversary in 2025. They were one of these colleges formed to provide education and opportunities for women here in New Haven. I think of the many sisters I encountered in my own upbringing. Two really served as the pastoral leaders of my parish while I was in elementary and middle school. At the University of Portland, I encountered several Dominicans in the education and theology departments, which eventually led me to help discern religious life. But I also had Holy Name sisters, both in the English and theology departments as well. Sure, they have books that are published, and their work will be read by those studying the very specific specialty, but their impact, the result of their going forth, and in many cases, living hundreds or even thousands of miles from their mother houses, is seen in the undergrads and grads that they taught throughout the years. I think of the sisters in my congregation who are doctors, farmers, social workers, who are serving in security prisons and serving as chaplains and pastoral associates. I think of other sisters I know who are chefs, accountants, immigration and environmental lawyers, and ESL tutors. I think of the sisters who have accepted the call to go to places such as South Sudan, Iraq, Palestine, and many other places in need of a healing presence. They are, through their often quiet and sometimes very vocal way, going forth and building a great nation, one that is not demarcated by borders. This week, we recognize Catholic sisters, and this year we celebrate the 200th anniversary of Dominican sisters here in the United States. But the call to go forth applies to everyone here. What would this Lent look like if going forth and making a great nation was your Lenten promise? In 10 years from now, how do you want to be remembered by your teammates, your roommates, your lab partners? How do you want to be remembered by the people in your first job, at your internship, or your clerkship? How will your decisions today impact the local and global communities in which we are a part? What does it look like to pray for God to bless the work you do and to be a blessing for the whole earth? We see the prime example of this faithfulness in the gospel today. Jesus is near the end of his ministry and heading towards Jerusalem. He knows that there will be difficulties ahead and that his life is on the line because he has upset the status quo. In this moment of transfiguration that we heard, Jesus had a conversation with Moses and with Elijah, the two who are models of guidance through the law and the prophets. He received his blessing from God, who became instru instructional to the disciples. This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. As we go forth this Lent, remember, you are God's beloved sons and daughters. May who you are and what you do be a blessing to others.